Welcome to another episode of Authentic Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Chad Wagner. Super excited today to have you guys listening in. Authentic Entrepreneur is about real people living their truth through business and entrepreneurship. And my guest today is John Stecker. He is the founder and president here at Fourth Tap Brewing Co-op here in Austin, Texas. Welcome to the show, John. Hey, Chad. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm super excited. Real quick, I want to let the listeners know how I found your brewery. Um, I'm definitely uh, an avid skateboarder, and I usually head out to the industrial parks. Uh, lots of open concrete and painted curbs. And one day when I was out skateboarding, I came across uh, this fourth tap out in the warehouses. And, you know, the logo caught my eye, which kind of reeled me in into to poking my head in where um, I was introduced to this guy named Bill, who, uh, what does Bill do here? Bill is uh, one of our brewers here, actually. Bill is one of the brewers, got a fabulous beard. Yeah, yeah it's a... Uh... He won a best beard in Austin a few years ago. It's, it's not as long as it used to be, uh, but he, he cut it after it started getting caught in a zipper. Decided <laughs> that was probably a little too long. So yeah. Yeah, man. Um, everything's looking good here. We're recording on Anchor, and uh, we had some technical difficulty earlier, but we're good to go. So John, please tell me a little bit about your brewery, kind of how long you guys have been here and what you do here. Yeah, sure. Uh, so. Uh, Fourth Tap has been open for almost two and a half years. Um, this is kind of a, a passion project born out of, um, you know, just, well, almost 10 years ago, some of us started really getting excited about craft beer, brewing craft beer, and uh, the, the shortest version I can give you is that about six years ago, we decided to sit down around a table and uh, decide we want to open a brewery. And then... Um, Chris uh, Hamjay, who's the head brewer here, he's one of my business partners, he quit his job to go become a uh, brewer at Blackstar Co-op. So he worked there for about, as a, as a brewer, for about a year and a half under Jeff Young, who would later go on to open up Blue Owl Brewing. So then Chris took over the program there and left uh, to open up Fourth Tap with me. And uh, in that same time, I kind of switched gears and tried to figure out some more of the businessy side of things. and, and uh, and uh, that's what led us here today. I feel like I just grossly oversimplified that whole process. It was <laughs> tell us, tell us the basis. When I first rolled in, you yeah. know, I peered in, I saw a bunch of shiny, you know, metal uh, brewing equipment. Um, but today, um, I've actually kind of come into the tap room and experienced your beers. And it was a whole nother experience. And I gotta say, the beer is fantastic. Hey, Your crew is super cool. The music's good. So, what is kind of the overall uh, picture here of what you're doing? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, it's pretty simple. So, we're a worker cooperative. So, everybody who works here has a potential for getting equity in the company. So, it, it's, I, I, you know, I hate to roll out the cliche of, you know, we're a family business but that's really how it feels and uh for us the tap room we knew we were going to be here you know that's kind of the heart of the brewery you can see it kind of centrally located within our brewery um for us since the very first beer we ever brewed it was all about sharing it with our friends and, and throwing parties and having a good time yeah. um back when, in our home brewing days you know 10 years ago uh we never bottled a beer it was always kegged because it was like if we're going to spend this time brewing this thing 
I want to share it with a lot of people, have a good time, right? So, you know, our philosophy is pretty simple. It's just try to make good, interesting beer, uh, share it with, you know, great people and throw a good party. <laughs> that's about it. Yeah. Sounds great. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's awesome. So had you had like some pre- previous experience in brewing or what led you to, to the brewing? So, uh, I got into home brewing when I was in, uh, an undergrad at UT. Uh, so I, I, my undergrad from UT is, uh, neurobiology is what I studied. And, uh, while I was at UT, I realized that uh, if I brewed my own beer, it would taste better. It was cheaper and there was more booze in it than your mm-hmm. typical beer. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that kind of got me off, you know, it got me off on, on like this, this trend. And plus, like I realized also if I said, hey, to all my friends, I just finished this batch of beer. You want to come over and have a party and drink it? Everybody says yes. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> so, yeah. And uh, um, and then so my personal background uh, after UT, I kind of worked in software for a little bit here in Austin. And then I, uh, the company I was at got sold after the CEO was like, we're never going to sell our company. And then, then one day we had a big company meeting and they're like, we sold our company. So I'm like, all right, I'm out. And uh, I went, went to grad school and studied um, cell biology and biochemistry. So that's uh, my master's degree is in, in that. So I'm a big gotcha. bio guy. Uh, and uh, after grad school, I thought to myself, okay, well, let's go. You know, and this whole time I've been brewing beer, it's just like a thing I always did. When, um, you met my wife earlier, she's, she's running the bar tonight. Yep. And uh, so when we got married, you know, I brewed all the beer for our wedding. Um, we did that for a couple of other, other friends as well. And uh, so I finished grad school and I thought, all right, well, let me go, if I'm gonna do a PhD, I'm gonna do this one very specific thing because if I'm gonna invest that much more money, that much more time and energy, um, I'm gonna do exactly what I wanna do. So I applied to uh, four PhD programs and got rejected from four PhD programs. <laughs> and at that point, you know, I was kind of talking with Chris, uh, our head brewer, and, and, and uh, Mike, who's our head of our cellar and packaging. And, you know, we kind of decided, let's, let's go at this thing. And uh, here we are. So it's a team effort. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, dude. There's no way we could do this thing without our team. <laughs> <laughs> That's super awesome. Super awesome. So then... Uh, how long have you been sort of a beer connoisseur or a beer drinker since way back? Um, yeah, no, I actually remember my first, I was at UT living in uh, West Campus for one year, which is about as long as anybody should live in West Campus. And uh, <laughs> a guy named Dan Kleiner walked in, he's a year ahead of me, and he put down a six pack of St. Arnold's lawnmower and a six pack of New Belgium fat tire. Okay. And I looked at him and was like, hey, Dan, what is this? And he goes, he goes, John, this is, this is craft beer. And I was like, that sounds cool. And plus, he was, he was a year older, so I thought he was cool. And so we cracked open the beers. I tried them. That kind of was the epiphany for me of like, there's this other thing I could be drinking. Um, yeah. Although I was, 20, I was 20 years old at the time. For so, sure. For yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> so I was actually legally able to drink. So I was, I was fortunate that somebody introduced me to this to what craft beer was uh, at a young age. Um, what is craft beer? So craft beer? Yeah, what is craft beer? Uh, craft beer, to me personally, is gonna be uh, beer that's made um, by people who, who live in the neighborhood, own the business in the neighborhood, and are passionate about what they're creating. It's not about, I wanna produce a million barrels a year and sell it all over the country. It's I want to make something really authentic and delicious and share it with my neighborhood. 
For sure. And that to me is what a craft brewery is. And so that's, and that's what we try to do. Yeah. So rather than the Budweiser mentality of how can we sell a million cans of this piss? <laughs> how can we sell a thousand glasses of this curated coffee? Yeah, it's in a way. It's, it's more like it's the different way of thinking. Yes, it very much is. You know, we're 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 Budweiser, and to be to be fair to Budweiser and Miller Coors, you know, one thing they do that is so impressive is they're able to produce the exact same product at thousands of places all over the world, uh-huh. and you can buy their beer at any place in the, in the world essentially, and you're going to get the same the same taste and the same consistency or. It's a little redundant, but consistency across all products. Yep. Uh, that's impressive. That's really impressive. Uh, they're really good at that. Now, I don't particularly like that flavor. For but, sure. You know, that's, that's what they, they do that's so impressive. You know, but um, for us, but, they, but you know, for them, they, they focus on how can I do this cheaper, you know, cheaper ingredients, uh, adjuncts, uh, filler ingredients. You know, they save, you know half a cent on a barrel and you add that up over even a week and we're talking a lot of money yeah so for us it's a little different you know, we're we are chasing more interesting exciting sometimes you know uh, more costly ingredients uh we don't have the buying power they do but you know we we are more focused on the that that end product and providing our guests here at fourth tap um you know a more more interesting experience when it comes to beer definitely it kind of reminds me of you know Starbucks. Wherever you go in the in the world, if you go to Starbucks, it's gonna taste the same. Yeah, yeah. Um, they figured out a formula to have that coffee. I I don't know if they just burn it all and it tastes <laughs> like same, but <laughs> same kind of theory. But yeah, man, I get it. That's awesome. Tell me, uh, I'm sure you play a lot of roles here. Yep. And there's a lot of different parts of the business. What is your favorite part of the business? Is it the marketing? Is it the brewing? Is it the, the parties you throw? Like, what is it that excites you the most about the business? Um, to, to be perfectly honest, this is going to sound kind of weird. Um, it's, uh, the beer deliveries. So once a week, uh, or once every other week during the winter season, when it's slower, um, I drive down to Houston and, and so we self distribute our beer to Houston also which is where I'm from originally. So mm-hmm. I, I grew up in Houston, moved to Austin in 2003. And once a week or once every other week, I drive down to Houston with a van, load it up with, I get, I get to the brewery at about, you know, four in the morning, uh, load the van full of beer, drive straight to Houston and then deliver beer all day. And it's, it's a tough day. However, um, it's super fun meeting all these really cool people who work at these you know bars restaurants uh even the h-e-b the receivers back in the warehouse at h-e-b like once you get to know i mean they're a little gruff they're a little rough to start with once you get to know them they're you know they're great people they're not allowed to drink one yeah right (laughs) but uh you you know you build these relationships with all these people and you know you know I'm, i'm i'm rolling kegs in to a bar downtown and uh people are excited you know, you're the beer guy. You're showing up with beer, and and you're stocking the shelf. People come and pull me aside and say, "Hey, you know, are you you with Fourth Tap?" I'm like, "I am," and then I get to meet you know people in the street who are like, "Yeah, I love I love this beer, or that beer," and and uh, I think I think uh, as weird as it may seem, I think my favorite part about about uh, every, all of all the things I do here 
Um, that's probably my my favorite favorite part about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. so, you, you get that connection. Definitely. Um, I used to deliver coffee beans because I've been in the coffee industry. Um, but yeah, I'd roll around to all these coffee shops and deliver the yeah. coffee, the syrups, and it was just fun to like. Oh, dude, it's there great. he is. Um, tell me where like are you in? Where can we find your beer? Are we in grocery stores or more bars? Um, yeah, so uh, in Austin, you can find us in uh, you know H E B, Whole Foods, Central Market, uh, a lot of corner stores, Specs, that kind of thing, um, and a lot of bars. So Austin, Austin, we do we do pretty well at. Uh, it's our home base, it's our hometown. Um, Houston, uh, more Whole Foods, a couple H E Bs, and then a handful of bars, kind of the Heights area, um, more of the craft beer focused parts of Houston. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. I definitely want people to that can. I want them to get a taste yeah. of this for sure. Um, okay. Very cool. What is your favorite beer? Maybe right now or throughout the years. Like okay. What's your favorite beer? Uh, I will say it's the one I'm drinking right now. Okay. <laughs> Actually, it's our. It's a. It's called Kung Fu Robot. It's a. Uh, Citra Mosaic IPA that we are going to be we actually are officially launching this Friday which we're pretty excited about so I don't know when the podcast will air but mm -hmm. March 2nd March 2nd <laughs> when it's going out yeah um, really excited about this one this one is just like it's just it's a it's, I mean without sounding too pretentious it's just a really good IPA it's nice we're excited about well, it well I'm an IPA guy okay sweet I love what are you, no. what are you drinking right now uh, I'm not sure. It is an IPA. Is it the R&D IPA? I think it has the uh, grapefruit. Oh, it's Long Walk. The, grapefruit, yep. That's going to be our grapefruit IPA, yeah. So, I I like beer, and I know beer a little bit, but what makes an IPA an IPA? Um, that's a really good question. So, for all the beer nerds out there, um, I'm going to give a, give a technical answer. Yeah. So. Uh, an IPA traditionally is, is, it stands for India Pale Ale. Mm -hmm. So when uh, British troops were stationed in India and you were shipping hop, you're shipping beer all the way from England to India, uh, they would overload it with hops because hops acts as a preservative. So it would uh, help sustain the beer on the the ship journey all the way to India. And all the British soldiers got accustomed to drinking this really hoppy beer. So when they came back to England, they would go to their local and say, "Hey, I want this hoppy." Beer. Yeah. It's India Pale Ale is kind of the name. Um, in America, we've we've done a lot of uh, really exciting things with India Pale Ales. Um, you know, we've it's a traditional. You know, to kind of how America's done with anything is we just take something, an old world <laughs> idea, and then just fucking run with it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. but um, the you know up until recently, it was all about you know whole lot of IBUs, which is international bittering units, so really bitter. Uh, citrusy, aggressive hopping, and well, recently, which is interesting, is that you see uh, IPAs are kind of like shaving off the bitterness and just focusing on that hop aroma and flavor, which is what people say. Would IPAs. would it have to have hops to be an IPA? Yes. So, well, all all, all beer has hops. Oh, um, all beer has hops. Yeah, okay. hops hops are going to provide the. The bitterness and a lot, some of the aroma and some of the flavor, and definitely the bitterness. Um, we've seen a trend recently where, um, you know, with IPAs, you know, we, we, the the line between what is a pale ale and what is an IPA has been kind of blurred. An India pale ale versus a regular pale yeah. ale. Yeah. I'm getting a little. I'm 
geeked out on it. Sorry. No, that's great. That's <laughs> what we want to hear for this, definitely. Um, because, you know, I've my tastes have changed from, you know, a Pilsner to I started to like those those darker ones like a porter style. Porter. Yeah. Um, and now I'm really into that IPA, that hops. It's, it's crisper. It's a little more bitter on the end. It's just a good beer. Yeah, for yeah. sure. That's that's what happens to a lot of people. That's exactly what happened for me. I, I started <laughs> by really diving into porters and stouts because they have a little more malt sweetness. If, you know what I mean? And then uh, you start developing a taste or acquiring a taste for you know the bitter side of beers. So I have to tell you, um, for a while there when I was roasting coffee it was kind of nice because we could take home as much coffee as we wanted and I had a friend at the brewery right and they can basically take as much as much beer as they wanted so we would meet about once a week <laughs> make a trade we'd make a trade for coffee and beer was that here in Austin or was that this in... is in Salt Lake City oh, okay. okay and uh, uh, shout out to you Winter Brewing you got some damn good beer <laughs> But yeah, that was pretty nice. Um, so two of the beers that uh, I grew fond of, there was a Baba Black Sheep beer. It was basically a really dark beer. Good and man. then there was a pumpkin, uh, pumpkin beer. They were both good on their own. So my friend said, well, try this. He poured half of each into a glass, half dark, half pumpkin. Yeah. And he called it the Blumpkin. <laughs> but, dude, that was, like, one of our favorites, man. Yeah, and uh, beer blending is kind of a it's, a... it's a weird thing, you know. We've got a few guests here at the brewery who are rolling in and say, I want to blend um, the Highland Scoundrel, which is our, our Scotch Ale, uh, which is it's like a 10% Scotch Ale. We get a little bit of peat from Scotland and, like, smoke some of the base malt, so it gets mm-hmm. this little, like, subtle peat finish to it uh, which is super delicious um and they'll take a vitality which is our our blonde ale and uh they'll they'll blend these <laughs> blend the beers together and for a little while we were like we were like no man we're not gonna do that for you and then uh <laughs> we kind of we kind of gone back and forth on it but right you know there's something to be said for that for for someone that doesn't understand brewing like how long does it take to brew a batch of beer to brew a batch of beer. So when we say brew, we really are referring to the the hot side. So the hot side is when, simplest way to put it is that's when the liquid is hot, right? So brewing a beer uh, is is just about like a day long process or half a day, depending on your system. And that's, you know, grains get hit with hot water. Uh, enzymes in the grains convert starches into sugar. So you're left with this like sugary water, right? That gets sent over to our kettle. Uh, we throw in a bunch of hops. The hops uh, go through their, their thing. Uh, alpha acids isomerize is the, is the technical term. And you get bitterness. So now you've got this like sugary, hoppy water, right? Mm-hmm. And you kick that out, and it's, a, it's a basically just sub-boiling. You cool it all the way down to like, let's say, 65, 75 degrees, throw in a fermenter. And so that's brewing, right? The next, the next and longer process is called fermentation. And at this point, so we, we kick it over to our fermenter, and it's all still within the day one, right? We throw yeast in, and yeast starts chowing down all those sugars and converting those sugars into carbon dioxide and alcohol. And over the next, say, seven to ten days, uh, the yeast is going to eat all, this, all the sugar up, 
They produce carbon dioxide, alcohol, and they kick out a whole lot of other uh, good and bad flavors. And if the yeast does its job uh, after seven to 10 days or so, or, or longer, um, depending on the type of beer, uh, it'll clean up after itself. And so we come in every morning, you know, we got guys come in to taste it, taste every fermenter uh, before they have their morning coffee because you don't want to wreck your palate. So you got to come in and taste, <laughs> drink beer first. <laughs> um, but it's, we're really looking to see, you know, how's the yeast progressing? How's the beer progressing? Is it doing what it's supposed to be doing? And if the yeast does its job right, you end up with this very, uh, you know, proto beer, right? It's a green, it's a green beer is what we call it. And it's not really carbonated yet, but it's essentially what we want. So we, drop the temperature on the tank, the yeast fall, kind of falls out of suspension. So imagine the yeast is like all this organism like floating around in the liquid. It, it falls down to the bottom of the tank and we siphon the beer off the top of the tank and send it over to one of our conditioning tanks where it hangs out for like two to three days and uh, we'll carbonate it. We might add a fining agent. We don't, we don't filter our beer here. Um, we just might use a fining agent. And after about two or three days, it's, it's ready to be packaged. So we'll put it in kegs or put it in the cans. And that, that whole process can take anywhere from 12 to 18 days, just depending on the beer. Uh, we've got one Gruet that we do uh, called Sun Eater, and that one takes three to four weeks to make, which is not fun. And if you do a lager gotcha. without getting into the details, those can take anywhere from five to five weeks to three months. But Just more more additives create more, it's more time. processing, more time. It's more time. Got yeah. you. Definitely. Phone's ringing. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, we're just hanging out in the office here at Fourth Tap Brewing. Um, super stoked to be talking with you, John. Yeah. Appreciate you. Um, before we get out of here, let's talk about entrepreneurship. Um, do you have anything to share as far as like your experience with it or your feeling about it? Um, you know, what has entrepreneurship done for you? Yeah. Um, the first thing I would say is it's harder than you can imagine. Uh, you know, for and even going into it, I kind of knew, you know, when, you, when, you're, when you're being an entrepreneur, you're, you're, you're creating your own company and you're trying to create something that you're passionate about. Uh, it's just no matter, it's, it's going to be far more difficult than you can imagine. And however difficult you can imagine it will be, it's going to be harder than that. Like, you know, I guarantee it. And if it's if it's easy, then you know you're doing. <laughs> if you got lucky, you're doing something wrong, right? Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, with entrepreneurship, you get kind of a, a, a pretty thick skin for uh, adversity and for issues. So, you know, things that would stress that would have stressed me out, you know, four years ago, three years ago, like don't even phase me anymore because I've got way you know way bigger things have occurred. And so adapting to that kind of situation has been uh, challenging, but like rewarding in the same sense. Um, you know, for a lot of entrepreneurs, uh, I'm sure they can relate. If somebody says, how are you doing today? You know, before I was running this company, before I was, you know, when I was just doing, you know, working in a software company, I could say, oh, I'm having a good day or I'm having a bad day, right? Simple. Um, but once the uh, once I started running fourth tap, you know, at any given moment, it's kind of what am I thinking about? Like I'm having a great day and a bad day simultaneously. I'm a, a quantum state of of feeling at any given yeah. moment. You know, what is it that you're looking at, and that is that defines my my mental state. Um, it's tough, man, uh, but it's super rewarding. You know, at the end of the day, like you know, 
as an entrepreneur and anybody's like thinking about diving into that side side of the world like first of all I'd say like, fucking go for it like if you're passionate about it you're excited about something like chase it like just make it happen um, but you know it, there's going to be days where just all you can do is put one foot in front of the other and that's yep. yeah and, uh, but then some days you'll have a, all the highest highs and lowest lows of my life all occurred in the last uh, two years which is uh, you know it's a kind of a roller coaster but two years yeah yeah right so <laughs> tell me your thoughts on having the power of kind of having a team with you and, and how they kind of complement what you suck at oh yeah the team is everything oh uh, it is impossible to do and, and I can't speak for for all industries but I can speak for brewing it is utterly impossible to do what we do without without the people that I work with um Chris, our head brewer, Mike, who runs seller packaging, my wife, who is running, you know, Aaron, she's running her tap room, events coordination, HR, like, there's just, uh, it's so critical to have people that you can rely on and trust. What's up, Jeff? Uh, rely on and trust to, uh, to do, to do, you know, to handle aspects of the business. And, and the real, tr the tricky thing is, it's aspects of the business that you don't understand. Or at least for me, it's like I don't, I don't understand. I don't know what their necessarily what their day to day is. I don't understand the technical details. I know enough to have a conversation with them, but uh, I have to ultimately trust them to just handle it. Yep. And that's that's a key thing. It's it's you know we say it a lot around here. It's just like just just take care of it. Just handle it. Like I don't I don't have the time or the energy or the knowledge to, to know what it is specifically that you're doing, but I know you as an individual. I know you as a person, and I trust you to just do it right do it well and yep. they trust me in the same way and that's so so important to something that's critical especially for i mean i would say any business but definitely a business like this for sure oh yeah it, it's 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 so clutch um, yeah. awesome man i don't want to take up too much more of your time um let's uh i'm before we head out i'm going to tell everyone where to find you sure um, obviously yeah. if they don't live in austin um, it'd still be worth taking a look at uh, Instagram and on their website just to see what, what we're talking about here today. Um, but if you are in Austin, I highly suggest you get over here and taste this beer. Um, is there anything else you want to leave us with? Uh, John, any last kind of comments, any events coming up, anything you want to shout out other than the new beer? Maybe re-talk re about that yeah, again? Yeah, uh, thanks for reminding me. Um, yeah, so Kung Fu Robot is our new uh, flagship beer that we're super excited about. Um, we've partnered with uh, Party World Wrestling, which is a uh, the wrestling ring you see just outside the window of our office. Uh, some of the most talented writers, comedians, artists I've ever had the pleasure of standing near. <laughs> and uh, they we, we got one of their artists to kind of do a lot of the artwork for us. And uh, for our new cans, we're kind of redesigning our cans. That's it right there, yeah. Um, it's a robot punching another robot in the face. And then if you <laughs> flip it over, there's a robot wearing a sweet red denim jacket with our logo uh, stuck to the back of it. Um, yeah, so so that's so, so uh, our new beer's coming out. Uh, Party World Wrestling uh, is going to be up March 17th, uh, 2018, during South by Southwest. We try to provide kind of a fun... You know, alternative to uh, so, so you know, if, if people who live here don't want to go downtown but still want to have some fun during South by 
you know, we were up here on the north side. Do you have anything exclusive going on, or is anyone welcome oh, during dude. that time? Let's check it out. My wife, so Erin, well, I'm so impressed with this. She's, like, become, like, a booking agent promoter. So she is, uh, so, so our very first year during South By, we created this thing called 4x4T, or 4x4T, 4th by 4th Tap, right? And uh, we just had shows, like, the whole week. PWR was, through, you know, we had the wrestling event during one, one week, which pulls out, like, 1,500 people per, you know, per event, and... Uh, then we did it again next well, next year, and this year was our third year, um, which is so bizarre to be saying that. But yeah, it's our third year of doing uh, fourth by fourth tap or four x four t, and uh, she has like put together this whole festival where it's like the first Saturday is like a comedy show, uh, you know, a nonprofit raising money for nonprofits, and. Uh, then Sunday through Friday is just, sh every day is a different theme show. We've got bands coming in. They're all local bands, all Austin bands, uh, and it's completely free. So it's all, it's all free to everybody. And then on Saturday, the, to, to bookend the whole thing is the PWR events, uh, Worm Quest is what they're calling it. Uh, also completely free. Um, it's really important to us that we, we keep events as free as possible. Uh, for us, it's about building community and getting people into our space and, and, and getting people to connect with each other. And uh, we're happy to you know, subsidize those kind of art projects anytime we can, mm -hmm. just to give more access to, to the people who live up in North Austin. Dude, that's awesome. This will be my first year here in Austin for South by Southwest. Ooh, and <laughs> I think I know where I'm gonna be hanging out. <laughs> right. It sounds like a plan, dude. Um, all right, um, John, dude, appreciate you so, so much. Yeah, the beer's amazing. The yeah, spot's cool. We'll be hanging out soon. Uh, podcast listeners, I want you guys to go to www.4thtap, that's with a 4, T-H-T-A-P, dot C-O-O-P. That is the website. And we're going to also send you to Instagram to check out their uh, photos. Is that same thing? At 4th at fourth tap you can't miss them they're in austin texas and they're kicking ass thanks for listening podcast listeners i hope you stay authentic go start a fucking business